A dormant volcano in Tanzania, 19,341 feet above sea level. Wes Lawson over there, Bill Barty right here. We're going to go to the top. Let's do it. Let's go to the top of Kilimanjaro, Bill. Let's go right now. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a dormant volcano worried me. Traveling all the way over to Africa worries me. But there's someone who has done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. In fact, he has been to the top of Africa 46 times. He's from Charlotte, North Carolina, lives right here. He's an adventurer. He's an author and summiter, Macon Dunnigan. Welcome back to the Carolina Outdoors. It's been just a little bit. Bill, well, it's been a while, and it's nice to be not only with you all, but back in North Carolina again. Well, listen, uh, when last we left off, you were sitting on about 44 summits to the top of that mountain. You'd been cited for excellence from the governor of North Carolina. You were named the tourism ambassador for Zara Tours in Tanzania, Africa. What has happened since then? Well, well, since then, I've become the, the Tanzanian tourism ambassador to the United States, not just with Zara Tours. Uh, Zara Tours is is a part of it, and, and they've been there for, for since 1986. But now I encompass it doesn't matter who, you, who, who your, your outfitter is to come to Tanzania. I just represent Tanzania and Zanzibar to the people of the United States and uh, Canada. Wow. So are, is yeah. that, is, are, you, are you the Honorable Macon Dunnigan? Honorable. Uh, Honorable H. Macon Dunnigan. Wow. <laughs> I got a business card. It's kind of it's got my wife. <laughs> <in it. laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's, she's good with it. But, uh, yeah, I just got back from climb 45 and 46 up Kilimanjaro. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. Macon, for our listeners out there and for us here on the Carolina Outdoors, will you take us back? This was your very first summit was a celebration of, I believe it was your 40th birthday. And that's what took you to first to, to uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Will you tell us about the love affair, if you will, that began from that? Well, yeah, that was 22 years ago now. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I went over there. I won a trip uh, with South African Airways, won a trip, and went over there, climbed Kilimanjaro. And uh, my my late wife Michelle looked at me and goes, you know what? You keep doing that because you look really good, and I felt really good after I climbed the mountain. So I went back there again and did it again. Brought a friend, brought some other people, and just for out of fun, started climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And then um, and then uh, 12 years ago, now set the record when I climbed it four times in 28 days. And uh, and everybody asked me how hard is that to do, and I tell them that I lost 33 pounds in in 28 days. So it's climbing Kilimanjaro is difficult. <laughs> well, that might be when uh, when your late wife Michelle was sending you out there because of that weight loss program that you weight had going on there. I know, I know. What, make yeah, it's, it's just been an amazing 22 years of climbing Kilimanjaro. Well, hey, the world has changed a whole lot in 22 years. Talk to us about Kilimanjaro. How has it changed, or at least being there, um, compared to when you first started 22 years ago? Well, well, the roads have improved. Communications improved. Uh, uh, people were using um, sat phones at the time. Uh, I remember calling you uh, waiting for the satellite to come over Tanzania, and we had to do it at a certain time. That was years ago. 
And uh, but now everybody uses cell phones. Uh, there's internet everywhere. Uh, the mountain itself is has gone through some changes. There's been a couple of forest fires up there. Uh, the ice cap's still there. Uh, uh, it's still very cold at top. And um, and yeah, it's just the uh, the technology again. As we were talking earlier about the clothing and the boots have changed so dramatically in 22 years, though. Yeah, I mean, now you can have a, a, a great pair of boots that one of those boots, you know, well, the whole pair weighs less than one of the, <laughs> yes. the leather boots from 10, 15 years ago. You know, they're, they're so light. They, they're so much better for you. Socks oh, are better. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Well, in 20- oh, yeah, because, because you got to remember, 22 years ago, our number one reason people didn't summit Kilimanjaro was blisters mm. on your feet. Well, that I was thought, the number one reason. And I, now they're... The shoes are, as we've talked many times, the Solomon Q4s uh, uh, are absolutely unbelievable boots. I mean, it's just incredible. I thought you were going to say 22 years ago it was uphill both ways. It, it, it was like going to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uphill both ways. Now, now it, 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 the, the, the routes have gotten better. The, um, I, you know, it's, as you know now, I just do the wrong guy, wrong guy route. I, I've done all seven routes, but... But using the wrong guy, wrong guy route has made it uh, much better for older uh, Americans or, or climbers to go because you don't have to deal with the Branky Wall and the Karanga Valley and all that kind of stuff and the crowds. It's much less crowded than the wrong guy route. So, you know, I don't think most listeners know that there are multiple ways to get to the top. Can you just kind of give us a quick rundown of those seven different routes, what's different about them and why you like uh, the one you like? Well, mostly distance and days on the mountain. Lamotion and Shira are both uh, seven or eight day routes. Machami's a seven day or an eight day route. Uh, Marangi's a six day route. Uh, Umbue route is a very steep route. It's only four or five days. But the Ranga route is a six day route or seven day route, it can be. Um, and the reason I enjoy that route is because it's less traveled. It's on the Kenyan side of the, you don't have to go into Kenya, but it's on the Kenyan side of the mountain. And you see much less people. And uh, after the fire they had over there about a year and a half ago, there's been a lot of um, of, uh, of uh, problems with the plants around that area. It doesn't smell real good. And also they have a lot of erosion. And so the trail's been as, isn't as good. And so that's why we do the Ranga route because it's just beautiful both up and down. And so um, – how do those those trails cut uh, and maintained, or are they just kind of naturally occurring? How does that happen on a mountain that size? Well, it's, it's, it's actually cut and maintained by the Tanapa, Tanzanian National Parks. And uh, they, and that along with Kanapa, Kilimanjaro National Park, maintained and clean all those routes. Uh, they've got a whole team that clean the routes, go up every single day, and, and some of them camp out up there and cleaning and refurbishing the routes. But but of course, with uh, what's going on, very few climbers over there in the last year. Uh, not a lot of people have been on the mountain, and the trails kind of degraded just a bit. But it was, um, but the Ranga Ranga has stayed very, very nice and, and pristine, and and just a joy to be on, on the mountain on that side of the mountain. You've had a solid relationship with Zara Tours um, for many of those years. How um, has lack of traffic been? Lack of uh, people coming over the past two years, how have they handled that? And then what was it like this time? Is traffic back to normal, getting back to normal, or still semi-slow? Well, that's a fantastic question, Bill. The, the, what's happened over there is a lot of the outfitters have gone out of business. Uh, 
Mm. And so Bizarro has been able – they've been around since 1986, and so they're still doing Kilimanjaro climbs and safaris. And now we're getting ready to branch out to Uganda, Rwanda, uh, Botswana. Um, with all the relationships the Zynab Ansel has gotten together over the years, they've decided to branch out a little bit more, just not just Tanzania. And uh, it's uh, and, and, and when I was over there in December, it's kind of weird because I was over there for a couple of days and there's nobody in the hotel at all. Mm. Um, but I was taking my, – my deal in December was to take 100 – we had 115 people climbing Kilimanjaro with the 60th anniversary of Tanzanian independence. And that's what I was over there for. I was only I was only the the only Mazunga in the whole crowd. It was Mazunga being a white guy, and uh, and but uh, they braced me, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed my time on the mountain. With a crowd that large going up the mountain, how long did it take between the first person and the last person? Is that like a, is that like a day? That's a lot of people. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's see. I was up there. We got up there. at Left camp at 11 o'clock at night. We summited at 5.30 in the morning. But there were people, when I was coming down, there were people still just leaving the camp. Wow. So it was was a whole day of people summiting. Some people deciding not to do a night summit, but to do a daylight summit. Hey, Megan, I'm going to circle back around real quick on you, too, because I asked you about uh, Kilimanjaro now versus then. Tell us about Macon Dunnigan now versus then you're 22 years older and the way we handle the mountain now may be different than it was the way we handled it then tell us about your hydration about sun protection and about the effects of the altitude on you now versus then well uh hydration you know i'm i used to use uh camelback water systems but after a while, it got to a point where you're just the bike freezes during the night. And so I've just gone with Nalgene's. Um, I use two Nalgene's, and then I have another Nalgene in, in my backpack going up. Uh, that usually gets me through. I'm still using Diamox acetosolamide uh, for the drug that deals with altitude sickness. The drug's been around since 1950 and uh, was first used for glaucoma. But what it does is acidify your blood, so it takes in more oxygen. And personally, you know, I've had uh, hip replacement surgery uh, in the right hip, uh, two rotator cuff surgeries. And, um, and again, the, the climb in uh, December was to see how this new hip worked out. Shout out there to Ortho Carolina and Dr. Fairling for putting me back together again. And, uh, but, yeah, I had no problems at all with the hip or uh, my shoulders in this last climb. Um, just gotten a little bit wiser with it at 62 than I was at 40. I take it much slower. I enjoy the mountain a lot more and um, and just always look forward to my next uh, climb up Kilimanjaro and, um, and, and just being with the new climbers and people who want to climb. Um, again, I go over there for fun. I go over there just to be on the mountain. It's, a lot of guys play golf uh, once a week. I climb Kilimanjaro three times a year. And, uh, and so uh, it's just my kind of thing. It's what I do. And probably because I'm, I'm absolutely no good at all at golf, but I'm pretty decent at climbing Kilimanjaro. So that's why I kind of go with Kili. Now, when you climb Kilimanjaro three times a year, are you doing that three separate kind of seasons during the year? Or are you going, you know, you're going to take a month off and you're going to go every every eight days? How's that work for you? Well, actually, I'm, I, I take uh, – so I've got uh, – my last time was in January and uh, just to just to do it January, February. And I usually climb January, February every year. And, again, 
as long as as long as I'm back home by Valentine's Day, uh, Kim has no problems at all with it. So it's uh, it's no problem with her. And then I climb once in June and once in July this time, and I'll be over there for about nine weeks. Making you're going to be getting close to fifty summits after 2022. Um, and again, we're talking to Macon Dunnigan here on the Carolina Outdoors. He's a 46-time summiter of Mount Kilimanjaro. As I mentioned before, he's been cited for excellence by the governor of North Carolina. He is the tourism ambassador for Zara Tours and the United States ambassador for tourism uh, for Tanzania, Africa, and then some. He's written a book, uh, a fictional book, Sons of Kilimanjaro, and we're celebrating that. But, Macon, what will you do when you hit 50 times up that mountain? Uh, you know what? I, I think I just will take it all in. Um, it, that we're looking at number fifty would be probably June of 2023 when I do that, and um, um, just um, just kind of like uh, take it all in and go like, wow, what a what a great, incredible ride it's been, and doing all this. And I'll continue climbing Kilimanjaro, but we're also doing something new starting really soon. We're just going to. You've heard of Everest Base Camp Climbing, where we're getting ready to start Kilimanjaro Base Camp Climbing for people who don't want to actually want to be on the mountain but not to summit up Kilimanjaro. And uh, then I'll continue uh, just doing, because I, of course, have led 16 safaris out in the Serengeti. And that's a lot of fun for me also, just being out there with the folks and and um, with the new folks who've been up Kilimanjaro and now going on safari. And, again, I do this for fun. I just like being out there in the Serengeti and the Gorgo Crater and Lake Minera and Terengiri. And, and it's just fun for me to be out there and to, to talk to people about what it was like to go on safari 22 years ago where the roads weren't paved and was muddy. <laughs> Global adventure is upon us, and Jesse Browns, your local outfitter, can help you get ready. Fly fishing, hiking, and adventure travel, just like Macon Dunnigan is talking about, are back in season this spring. So head over to Jesse Browns and get ready for the world. And with that, Macon, you have a spoken to groups, encouraging them, giving them information on not just um, how to get up the mountain, but how to get to Africa as far as uh, plane changes, flight changes, uh, what to take, what not to take. Um, How is that going now, being on the speaking tour? Are you still speaking to groups? Is that coming back? And um, are you gaining in numbers with those groups since uh, the covid it, it is. It's, it's, it's coming back. Uh, it's um, uh, people are wanting to travel, but again, with every bad news article, everything that comes out, people people fall, say, "Hey, I'm going to wait till 2023 now." Or and uh, but uh, but people are wanting to travel. They're wanting to get back. A lot of these folks have been planning to climb Kilimanjaro and going so far in 2020, and now they're just waiting their time to figure out when they want to get back. And I just kind of help them to understand how to get from like Washington DC to Kilimanjaro and they you know told them about Ethiopian Airways across of course and that they don't even realize that they can go from there to Addis if they leave uh, Friday at 10:30 in the morning they can be there at 12:50 on Saturday and the Kilimanjaro airport so it's a quick trip and uh, um, it's uh, inexpensive and uh, that's what I try to do is just try to get folks to understand that there are other options uh and 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 it's not as difficult as they think it might be to get to africa and if we do a trip like this do we do our safari uh do you recommend us doing a safari and if so do we do one before our climb or after our climb you know what you would you would want to do it after your climb the the 
thing about climbing Kilimanjaro, if you were out in the Serengeti and you saw this wonderful sunset with an elephant in the background or a giraffe, the only thing you're thinking about is climbing Kilimanjaro. So it, it, you want to do Kilimanjaro first, then safari, and then Zanzibar, and you can do that in 21 days. Well, go ahead and sign us up. That's a pretty good way to spend three weeks, I think, Bill. TJ, get the helicopter ready, the WBT Carolina Outdoor Helicopter. We're going to Africa. Yeah, and, and, and you might want to have some, some extra fuel tanks on that helicopter also. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Making Dunnigan, last question before we let you go. Uh, yes. Sons of Kilimanjaro, a fictional book that you wrote after your first climb of Kilimanjaro, was met with rave review. Um, any any plans or updates on a, a, a second book uh, to Sons of a Kilimanjaro? Is your wife Kim working on you to to get that book uh, printed? Well, right now she's she's working on me to get the yard ready for spring. But yes, yeah, she would like <laughs> me to get on this book also. So, uh, but yeah, she yeah Kim is Kim's been absolutely wonderful. She's been a driver behind me climbing Kilimanjaro and getting me ready to go, and uh, been my number one supporter throughout this whole thing. And again, Bill, would like to thank you, as you know, that you were the first person to buy Sons of Kilimanjaro back in 2002. It was a sellout, too. Well, it was a sellout. Absolutely sellout. Fantastic. Making down a good. Tell us the website where we can keep up with what you have going on and see what's happening with Kilimanjaro and Zara oh, Tours. Listen, the, the best thing to do is just follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on it all now. We just type in the words Macon Dunnigan and up he will pop. Macon, thank you for joining the Outdoor Guys from Jesse Brown's here on the Carolina Outdoors. Bill, well, it's nice, super nice talking to you all, and we'll talk to you again soon. West Austin right there, Bill Barty here off Macon Dunnigan goes. We're going to come back and keep up the conversation about Mount Kilimanjaro and Tanzania, Africa. But first, we're going to take a quick break here on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 